You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn family, and welcome back to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis here on the E2C Network. On this episode, we're going to be breaking down an Auburn Tigers loss, this time to the Florida Gators by the score of 57-74. to the Tigers' overall record now falls to 11-13 and 13 on the year and continues to fall in SEC record 5-10 and 10 on the year. We're going to break down all the action, the storylines, the stats of this game, and everything going on around the program right now. To do that, I brought in my friend and my co-host, Mr. Gray Oldenburg. Gray, uh, I blame you for all of our struggles. As you probably should. This is bad. May this I just bad. point out that not only did we get Sharif Cooper, I mean, that was when you came along, but all of a sudden we went on a losing streak and couldn't yeah. like win for, for crap. So I blame you. Uh, as you should. As you should. I completely agree. This is, man, I, I don't know why I keep coming back. I know, right? I don't know why I keep having you. Anyway, no, I keep having you here because it's nice to have someone to talk to and, uh, you know, vent to about a few things. You know, y'all should hear some of our conversations pre-show. Uh, we're, I think we're a little bit more polished and a little bit, you know, nicer uh, yeah. and less frank about things. But here we are yeah. talking about uh, this loss to the Florida Gaylers. We talked a lot about, and we, you know, when you first got here on this show, we talked a lot about the stretch that was coming at the end of the season, looking forward to that. And that was in the, mm-hmm. you know, a time frame where we had Sharif Cooper, the big story tonight, Sharif Cooper is out with a left foot injury. Uh, and we'll touch on more on that in just a second. Um, but we were looking to that and saying, you know, that's going to be a tough run, but with having Sharif Cooper here and we were at the time, probably hopeful as well, Justin Powell was going to yeah. be back. Uh, we thought, well, we could probably make, you know, obviously we can't do anything with it at the end of the year in terms of going on to postseason play, but that would be a nice way to kind of, yep. you know what, this was this season was worth it after all. At this point, I don't know that it was worth it. <laughs> How are you feeling? What is your mindset right now with this program? Um, I guess you saw a little lack of motivation. I think you saw a sense of pride out there tonight, especially in the second half. Um, but you you really starting to see the lack of motivation and the, um, you know, just all the stuff that's come with this season with COVID and then not having Cooper at the beginning of the year and then losing Powell and then losing Cooper tonight and transfers. And, oh, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. I like what you said there is a dichotomy here between motivation and pride. And I think that's the story of the two different halves tonight, which we can talk about, um, because I, I do think there was one instance where there wasn't really a lot of desire to be out there. But yeah. then when it became real, it was like, oh, we're getting shown up on our home court. It, yes, by a good team, but we're getting shown up pretty bad here. We need to at least make a statement and say, hey, we're not going to quit. And I'm, I'm happy to say that I felt yeah. like personally that they did that. Uh, before we get into more of that, let's talk about some happy news. I feel like all the happy news comes on outside of the program as it stands right now. That is one Jabari Smith, the signee for Auburn, currently the highest-ranked signee for Auburn of all time, even over Sharif Cooper. 
just got named today to be a McDonald's All-American. So how does it feel, Greg, to not only have one, but two McDonald's All-Americans coming onto your uh, your roster right now if Sharif Cooper stays? It, it proves to this program, it proves uh, to the entire SEC and to or even the country that this program is not going away. This program is getting better and better and better. No matter what happened this season or the, the last few games or whatever, this program is getting better, it is getting bigger, and we're seeing that show through with the two straight McDonald's All-Americans. And I can, you know, Auburn fans, just come here. Let's let's have a fireside chat real here. I know that we've been through some things in the past, and I know you're all feeling it right now. It's like, oh, Lord, here we go again, going back into the doldrums. That's just the Auburn way. It's what we do, uh, you know, in terms of just lamenting about things. But if you want to listen to what Grace said there, Jabari Smith is a McDonald's All-American. He's the second year in a row that we're pulling in one. That's a huge thing for the state of the program. And it's a huge thing that we convince someone of that caliber to come here. And he probably understands, too, that Sharif Cooper may not be here next year and still wants to come be a part of the Auburn program. So to me, that's something that you can really take a hold of and say, yeah, this year sucks. It wasn't going to be much of a, you know, a season anyway without postseason play being an option for Auburn. But there are still things that you can look forward to in the future. And I hope that that gives you a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel in a very frustrating game and frustrating season at this point. Um, but let's talk about that Sharif Cooper injury. That's the big story tonight. He sits out the game, uh, has his left foot in a, in a uh, boot and holding a crutch under the other arm to help him get around. And uh, what's, what are you hearing about what that was about? Or do you know anything, Gray? I don't, I don't really know specifics. I don't know if it was in practice or in the LSU game. I believe it to be to happen in practice because he finished the LSU game you know, just fine. And we didn't see any problems of any ankle injury, but, you know, we saw him with a boot and, you know, a crutch. You know, normally we would see something, something happen in that LSU game. So I bet this was a practice injury and, uh, you know, with, you know, with now two games left to play or three games, because are we getting the Mississippi state game back <laughs> um, with three games left to play? I don't know how worth it it is to risk, you know, losing an off season or losing him prepared for a draft. Yeah. I, um, I got a lot of impressions from these people talking on TV that this was not as big of a issue as it seemed like. I mean, when you see a player out there in a crutch and a boot, you're like, Oh God, what happened? Yeah. Uh, but this is more of a precautionary thing where something was tweaked and, you know, the, the dude's got a lot of money riding on him right now and he's trying to make a decision. Uh, and there was a lot of discussion about that during the TV broadcast tonight. And honestly, that was probably the better conversation to have other than what was going on, on the floor at times. Uh, is Sharif Cooper going to be here next year? So, you know, let me just ask you right out right now. And the question was posed on the broadcast tonight. Do you think this is the last time that we, the, that LSU game was the last time we saw Sharif Cooper play in Auburn basketball? You know, the closer and closer we get to um, to the end of the year and to him trying to make that decision and, you know, the NBA draft coming up, I start to feel better and better about it. You know, when he came onto the scene, especially in the Alabama game where he had like 26 and 13 or whatever, and then had like 28 the next game, um, you know, I thought there was no chance. And, and then we saw him rise up to like top five in – in, in NBA draft wars, but Jimmy Dykes made me feel really good about him coming back tonight. Uh, you know, stating that, you know, short guards aren't supposed to, you know, they need to be able to shoot well from outside. 
And so, so I'm starting to feel better and better about him coming back next year. Well, and so I agree with you. However, then he also st- said after that fact, he, he, he laid all this out and said the reasons why he probably should consider coming back for one more year. But then he's like, honestly, if the dude's in the first round, go. You should go. Like, <laughs> I second that. round, don't. And he brought up a good point is that if you are a first round draft pick, NBA teams are now more heavily invested in you financially yeah. and thus they're able to work with you more. And I think that's, you know, a statement that goes back to Chumo Kiki. Chumo was yeah. not known for great shooting, but he has, he was a, just a great physical body for basketball and a, an amazing defender and just an overall talent. Great. And so that shows how much they valued him and how much they wanted mm-hmm. to invest in him because he was a top five pick. So can Sharif Cooper get into the first round? I would say it's a high likelihood yep. this injury may change things. And I think that's why you see the extra precaution yep. that we uh, see with him tonight. So you answered the question, I think, of will we see him again? <laughs> Do you think we see him at all the rest of the season? No, no, I don't think we see him at all the rest of the year. So you're telling me we're going without a point guard the rest of the year. <sighs> oh, uh, sadly, yes. So, somebody get Simeon Bowers on the line right now. <laughs> Where is that man at when I need him? Of course. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the game here. For those of you that weren't able to watch, you're you're welcome. If you were, <laughs> if you were able to listen, probably was more entertaining because Sonny Smith Sonny is, Smith ama- was is an amazing like- man and a treasure of the Auburn family. But anyway, here's how it basically went. First half, Florida came out and punched Auburn right in the mouth early and really never looked back, nearly putting away the game in the very uh, first few minutes of the game. Auburn yeah. – uh, does have a deficit of 22 to 44, doubling them up, Florida did, going into the second half. Starting off the second half, though, Auburn did show a little bit of fight, which was very encouraging. We've already talked about that just a little bit here, um, but they were not able to overcome the deficit or Florida and their talent, which results in the loss here, 57 to 74, and dropping Auburn's overall record in both categories again. So tale of two halves here uh, in terms of, you know, we already talked about, um, you know, pride issue here. And I, I'm happy to say that it seemed like Auburn did take a little bit of pride in here. What So for your analysis, what went wrong if you had to pinpoint it in the first half? Uh, just sloppy turnovers. You know, without a point guard, you know, you're putting Alan Flanagan and Jamal Johnson in really, really tough situations to handle the ball and get the offense moving. You saw a lot of standing, especially early in that first half. Um, you know, bad shot selection. It, it was just it was just really sloppy. It really was. Turnovers, I think, even with the whole change-up situation of, of Sharif not being there to be a point guard, forcing others into roles they're not used to. I think, honestly, had Auburn cleaned up some of those turnovers, this would have probably not been as bad. I still think Florida takes the lead going into the, fir- at the end of the first half, but it would have been a little prettier, not as ugly, maybe is the better way to phrase that. But the turnovers are really the big issue for me. So what did Auburn do different in the second half that made it maybe at least a little bearable? I think they pre- I think the press changed everything. Uh, I think it got Florida in a little bit of a, a little bit of a hyperactive situation. Tried to try to run them a little more. Um, you know, there were times where Florida broke the press and got a layup out of it easily. But as a team that you know presses, you, you you have to be able to live with that because you're creating turnovers and you're also creating quick shots from Florida. Um, so I, I think that press. And with JT and Jalen and Devin, they all play really well at the top of that press. Even Jamal up there some of the time and Allen. 
um, causing turnovers, you know, getting offensive fouls, and then getting Florida into quick shots offensively. I think that really changed, you know, changed the way our defense approached it, and it really helped out our offense. Absolutely. You kind of took the words right out of my mouth and say the the thing that I like about this is credit to the Auburn players for showing the heart and the fight to at least still go out there and compete in the second half. And and at times maybe get a little bit Florida uncomfortable in terms of things that were happening out there on the floor. So I do think it shows a lot of pride, but kudos goes to coach as well, because he could have just said, boys, at this point, you know, we're not we're not going to the postseason. Uh, Y'all just go out there and have fun. But no, he puts these guys in a press and says, this is a pride issue. And the fact is, is when that that pride kind of takes effects there, the press starts working, it gets them a little bit confident in their their shooting and they're knocking down a few more threes. And then, you know, there was never an opportunity, I would say, where Auburn really was going to threaten to get into single digits at all because Florida was just too talented to overcome that type of deficit right now. But I was very encouraged by what I saw out on the court. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest. Every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on. Who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn? Utilize our podcasts, Facebook Live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. The big question, obviously, is is who should be the point guard? Um, Coach obviously seems to believe that Alan Flanagan is the best one there. Jamal Johnson, I think, is the other one. Is there anybody else, Gray, that can see some time at point guard for us? Jalen Williams. Jalen Williams. Why? <laughs> I've been, I've been, I've been Here, telling you that. He's here's the sad thing, though, is I actually considered it for a second. <laughs> you know, it's bad when Kyle's starting to consider it. I mean, if Simeon Bowers can be the point guard, and it's, that's Bruce Pearl who put him in at point guard. I, I, will I mean, we had Preston it. Cook out there for a minute playing point guard. I'm all for Preston Cook at this point playing for. I just want someone out there who can get the ball down the court and get us into a set because that's, you know, you saw Alan Flanagan out there struggling to figure out what his role was supposed to be because I'm supposed to be doing this one thing to produce for the team. Now I'm doing this other thing. You and I have actually talked a lot about some frustrations we've had with him at times after his very great start this year. I honestly feel bad for him. Don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. He's been thrown into a horrible situation. You know, he really came on at the beginning of the year when we had Powell and he was in that, he was in the position where he's most comfortable, you know, that guard off guard, you know, getting to the basket and when he needs to, he can take the ball up, but he's not really directing people. Um, but ever since he's been thrown into this point guard or backup point guard role, he's been, he's, he's struggled offensively. It really has, and it's kind of messed with the flow of things. I mean, think about it. You know, that's three different changes now that point, that point guard position that Auburn has made this year. They started the year without Sharif Cooper, 
And, you know, I, I think it's four actually, now that I'm t- kind of working it out in my head. Turbo. Yeah. turbo started, yep. then you brought Justin Powell in and then Turbo left. So that kind of solidified Justin in that slot. Justin got hurt and we were without a point guard. Allen kind of slipped into that role again for a short period of time. Sharif comes in, solidifies himself, and now he's gone again. Is that five changes that I just counted out? Yeah. Yep. I feel like it is. I'm terrible at math, but I feel only, like only at Auburn, though. Only at Auburn. <laughs> uh, so what's what's one more at this point? You know, let, let's mix exactly. it up. I mean, but let's stretch from point guard. Why not? No, what are you talking about? Okay, now you're really good. Now you're really done on this show. <laughs> I love Stretch. Uh, he's probably one of my favorite players just because I love saying his name. Uh, but I do not. The only time see he used to name. touch the ball is blocking shots. Yeah. No, I, I could deal with him doing a little baby hook. If Stretch could get me a little baby hook going, that that's how you win me over. There was nothing more satisfying for Kyle Loomis than watching Horace Spencer turn around and do the little baby hook. And when that happened, I did a, a lap around my house. Because he was my, he was, he is honestly one of my favorite players, if not my favorite basketball player of all time. And I know that's ridiculous because he's just being honest, wasn't the best one we ever had. But I just love the dude. He's a fighter. That picture of him, like with the blood running down his face. I don't know how we got on Horace Spencer here, but you know, that's the type of game it was tonight. We need other things to talk about. (laughs) All right, we're just, all right, we're just blabbering now. (laughs) We're just riffing at this point. All right, back on this game a little bit here. Um, let's talk about maybe some of the stats here. Uh, we actually have four players tonight get in double digits. Jamal Johnson, JT Thor, uh, Jalen Williams, and Devin Cambridge. Uh, Devin Cambridge led the way with 14 points. Right behind was Jalen uh, Williams. Um, and then the bench was non-existent, but honestly, the bench was basically the starting the five. Starting lineup, yeah. <laughs> you saw some some players actually getting a little bit extra time that they more than likely would have. Uh, who's the player for you tonight that had the best game? I think it's Devin Cambridge. He really showed he really showed leadership in that second half. You kind of saw him, you know, take the press and take you know, his offensive game to the next level in the second half. We showed it showed why he's going to be a leader on this team next year, um, or even this year right now. I think he's I think he's one of if not the leader on the team without Cooper on the or Powell on the floor. Um, yeah, he, he he was great. He was great tonight. If I may give the fans something to look forward to next year, it's who is going to be the leaders, and I think you're seeing that starting to form here. Jamal yeah. Johnson makes sense because he is Jamal, the upperclassman. Yeah. Uh, I think him and Devin, I think Allen will kind of rise together and be the lead. And they they are, in a sense, this year, but I think they're kind of thrust into it with mm-hmm. the exodus that we have of all the talent from this past uh, year. So yes. I think that's a great point that you're seeing the leadership core emerge and when you bring in that extra special talent underneath it that are in the underclassmen mm-hmm. i think that could be something very special next year there are a lot of things that need to be cleaned up but i think that's a great point to bring up there i gotta give a shout out to my man jalen williams not at point guard <laughs> let's not get crazy <laughs> but he's just a humongous rim protector how many blocks did he have tonight it was great it was great at the rim protector uh I believe he had i'm trying to look it he up had three actually. blocks oh, that's it i felt like he had more than that yeah He did a great job down there. I mean, he's been doing a lot of that all season, but I think, you know, Jalen was somebody that needed an identity because he's so talented, can do so many things, but he hasn't really put his stamp on something. And I think being the rim protector is something that he really can do well. And people have to kind of really focus in. I was like, all right, when Jalen Williams is down there, you can't take it in. Can be, you know, it it can be a little rough for you. A couple of players got some extra time tonight. One Preston Cook and then Laura Behrman, who actually got up a shot that if it had gone down would have been the highlight of the entire night. Yes. (laughs) 
you would have heard me screaming all the way up here from Northwest Atlanta. Uh, so I would have loved uh, that. So looking down that stat line, team stats, not a lot of pretty things. What's the thing that sticks out to you? Uh, right now, it's the turnovers. You just, I mean, that's just got to be cleaned up. I mean, most of them were in the first half when it was sloppy and when we couldn't get into sets and we had a, you know, had a hard time getting ball across half court. Um, but, I mean, 21 turnovers. I mean, you're not going to win any SEC game with 21 turnovers. The best team in the SEC typically doesn't win it with 21 turnovers. Yeah. You know, that's, that's just not done. It's not something that you can do and be successful in any league. Uh, especially the SEC. The thing that sticks out to me, and you and I were kind of shocked by this, talking pre-show, total rebounds was only won by Florida by one, 40-39. They technically out-rebound Auburn 13-12 uh, to 12 in offensive rebounds. I thought this was dominated personally by Florida. Yeah, I think it goes to show you that our big men are you know, showing a little bit of pride in that area yeah. and making yeah. sure this doesn't get out of hand because, let's be honest, it got out of hand in some other areas it did. Uh, that it really uh, doesn't need to. Um Overall, what's your big takeaway from this game? Like, how do you move forward from a loss like this? Um, I think, I think you take away if you take away the motivational factor, which I don't believe there is any motivational factor for a team like this with all the you know stuff that's gone on this season and the, no postseason. Um, but you take away from that second half, you take away the pride and the effort that these uh, these underclassmen showed, um, especially the sophomores. You know, mm-hmm. especially, especially them. I and, mean, you know, we saw maybe an upwards in leadership over the off season and this, in this next year. So I think that's your best takeaway from this loss. You know, you have made me feel better about this, to be honest with you. You know, I did not think we were going to end the analysis of this game on a high note, but the fact that we got around to the, you know, realization that we could see the leadership core forming here. You know what? Yeah. I, I'm feeling good now. Let's let's talk. Let's talk about the next game. It's going to be bad. It's going to be awful, but we're going to talk about it. I'm just being honest, but hey, we're playing Tennessee at home in Auburn Arena, the last home Ooh. game of the year uh, that I'm aware of. Uh, they're currently 15. Lost to Tennessee in a while. Yes, that is true. And that's on the line right now. Uh, 15 and six is what they are in total overall and eight and six in the SEC. The game is going to be at 11 a.m. Central time, the early game. Um, on ESPN this Saturday, the 27th. Auburn and Tennessee are a huge matchup, almost to the level of Auburn-Kentucky now these days. And as you just said, Auburn has not lost to Tennessee in a while. How are you feeling about this one? Oh, not good. <laughs> not good. May I submit to you that this is a Tennessee team that had a lot of hype and was showing a lot of I hype sure. early and has struggled a little I bit to yeah. realize that hype. Does that make you feel any better? It does. But I think Auburn's the exact same way. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing, though. Auburn's got nothing to lose. They're on their home court, and they have everything to gain in this game. I think Tennessee personally comes in scared because they realize that they're falling in their placement in uh, post-tournament play, uh, obviously in the SEC. So I I do think they're going to be playing scared at this point. They're coming off a loss currently to Kentucky where they got blown out pretty much, not blown out, but beat pretty heavily, 70 to 55. Now they're going to be playing the worst team in the league uh, at, at Vanderbilt um, after this show comes out. I would expect that they would get back on their feet after this. Um, so, you know, there is an opportunity here for them to kind of have a little bit of momentum going into their postseason play, but I think Auburn has the most to gain here. What do you think Auburn's yeah. got to do to beat Tennessee? You got to 
clean up sloppy offensive play. You got to move offensively. The Tennessee's a good defensive team. You know, Rick Barnes is going to have them ready to play, but you also know Bruce Pearl is going to have his squad ready to play against Tennessee, no matter who dresses out. Here's the thing that I always take from this as well. And kind of looking at where the game is going to be broadcast and stuff like that, the time frame. it's the opening game of the day. You got to think this is another executive. Like we talked about the CBS game. It was like <laughs> Auburn, Tennessee at the end of the year, yeah, sign me up for that. And now they're like, what is this so i sympathize with alan flanagan tonight i sympathize with whatever is being executive selected that looks like an idiot now (laughs) at least one of the teams is ranked and looks good right now but for the most part uh is at least contending for postseason play regardless i do think there will be a lot of fight in the tigers and a lot in the fans being there in the stands of what little they're allowed in there to Mm -hmm. potentially upset tennessee and end the home stance on a high note couple of players for y'all to watch jordan springer 12.0 points per game and then josiah jordan james 6.0 rebounds per game here let me bring this up to you before we close and i was kind of thinking through this because I'm, I'm trying to find reasons to feel hopeful about this you know what i've noticed is that while tennessee is apparently very talented they seem to struggle to score at times if you look at some of their losses and especially their last one 70 to 55 it's very comparable to auburn really honestly yeah their best leading scorer is only getting 12 points per game. Now, I would have loved that average in my playing days, but in college, <laughs> you know, you're starting, your, your best scorer should be in that 15, 16 range, if not higher. And Sharif Cooper has been, you know, bumping with 20 uh, for a while here. Does that help you anyway? Or are you still too, super nervous? Um, you know, I think, I think if we play defense and show the kind of effort and pride that we did in the second half, um, tonight against florida and we 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 kind of throw in a little press every once in a while because tennessee's mm-hmm. a very very young team they are especially their guards Jaden springer i mean he's a true freshman um you know auburn's the youngest team in the country but um you throw in a little press every once in a while get this team taking quick shots you know pick up sloppy offensive turnovers especially to start to start the game like uh, we didn't do tonight against florida um, you know, this is a very, this is a winnable game. This isn't a game that Tennessee's going to come in and just dominate. You know, Bruce Pearl, like I said, Bruce Pearl is going to have his squad ready to play against Tennessee no matter what. If I'm Tennessee, I'm very worried about this game Saturday for many reasons, not just because my placement in postseason uh, competition, but because of the Auburn Tigers and what they potentially have to fight for in this game. Well, that's all we have for you guys on this episode of Inside the Jungle. Before we get out of here, though, Gray, where can they find you on social media? Yeah, find me on Twitter at Gray Oldenburg or on Instagram at GrayO21. You can find me on Twitter as well at TigerEye24. We appreciate you all listening today. And until we talk to you again, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?